In today's episode, we will discover how essential educators are in child abuse prevention. Peace and blessings, everyone. This is Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye Podcast. Did you know I was a published author? Yes, Your Granny Forever is published. The title of the book is Love Celebration, and it is a book of 30 days of poetic affirmations you can use to be mindful of how great you were created. There is also a Love Celebration workbook that support you with prompts, asking questions for you to consider as you are on the journey of loving and respecting yourself more. You can find these items on my link tree. I'll be sure to leave the link for you in the show notes and on the blog so you can get your copy today. I'm also an upcoming author on an anthology, which is scheduled to publish August 1st this year. I will also drop the interview link for you on the blog. And now to the show. Last week's episode was about the various ways you can provide a safe environment for our youth. And we began with the importance of safe, stable, and nurturing environments for the children. If you missed last week's episode, the link will be provided for you in the show notes and also on the blog. This week's focus is how essential educators are to child abuse prevention. Information provided in today's show is retrieved from Find Law and Committee for Children. They are not sponsors, but the information they have are clear and relevant for what we need to guide us providing safety for our children. Now, before I share information with you, I would like to add that I'm a former educator. During my stint as an educator, I never had to report suspicion of abuse, and I find myself very fortunate to never have had that as my testimony. Teachers don't just impart knowledge to students. They keep children and teenagers safe, and sometimes that means recognizing and reporting signs of abuse. Not only can teachers be the first to spot signs of child abuse, they are often legally required to report abuse to law enforcement. Because of their frequent contact with children, teachers are often classified as mandatory reporters under state child abuse and neglect laws. Mandatory reporters can include doctors and physicians, daycare workers, and school administrators. Any professional that engages in regular contact with children. These laws can vary, but in general, they require teachers to report suspected child abuse or neglect to the authorities. While some state child abuse laws list teachers specifically as mandatory reporters, many don't list mandatory reporters at all, instead, requiring anyone and everyone to report suspected child abuse or neglect. According to information provided to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, there are 48 states that have mandatory reporting laws requiring certain people to report child abuse and neglect. These individuals are usually people who have frequent contact with children because of their occupation. Depending on the policies and procedures put in place by the school, 
A teacher may have to report suspected abuse or neglect to school administrators before reporting it to outside authorities. Teachers should be familiar with their school's policies and also be aware that institutional policies don't relieve a mandatory reporter from his or her legal responsibility to report abuse. Just as state statutes regarding who is mandatory can vary, so can laws regarding how to make those reports. Most states have anonymous tip lines for reporting abuse or neglect, although some states may require mandatory reporters to provide their names and contact information along with the report. However, all jurisdictions have provisions in place to maintain the confidentiality of reporters. I will provide a link from Child Welfare Information Gateway that gives you a list of numbers by states that you can use to report suspected child abuse. If you suspect a child is being abused or neglected, you should report it immediately. Here are three reasons educators are essential to child abuse prevention. The first being, an educator may be the only one who hears about the child abuse. Child sexual abuse and assault reportedly happens to 1 in 4 girls and 1 in 20 boys in the United States. So chances are that every educator knows several children who have been or are being abused. There are many reasons it can be hard for kids to talk about abuse, including fear. Educators who provide safe and supportive environments for their students may receive reports of abuse. A child who works up the courage to report their abuse may only be able to work up their courage once. Take every report of abuse seriously. The second reason is, Educators can be the last line of defense for a child being abused at home. 90% of sexual abuse offenders know the family or child. Vulnerable children who experience abuse by a family member may not feel comfortable reporting it to a parent or someone else at home and instead may turn to an adult at school they feel safe around. I'll share a link for a Committee for Children's Child Abuse Prevention Resources. There are a host of downloadable guides to support you having conversations with your children at every age about child abuse. The last reason is educators' actions can lead to increased reporting of abuse. Abuse often goes unreported. In the moment a child does report, it's vital for educators to know what to say and do, to stay calm help children feel safe, and reassure children who disclose abuse that they did the right thing. This kind of response can make all the difference in minimizing the fear, worry, shame, doubt, and other negative feelings children may experience during and after reporting. If you believe a child, whether yours or not, are experiencing abuse, which is a threat to their safety, I'll leave a link in the show notes and also on the blog guiding you on things you can do to ensure their safety. Hopefully, I have said something in this episode to help you be mindful of some things we are facing with our children in America. You are a great asset in this world. 
and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let us know in the voice message on the Anchor app or by email at proactivei at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. We would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. If you are a concerned citizen and would like to know more about what's going on and how to support our youth, follow the links in the show notes or on the blog as your guide. Feel free to email me at proactivei at gmail.com with comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address concerning our youth. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with us and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash P-E podcast blog. You can also connect on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And also on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit us again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace. Light and Healing Vibes family. Stay tuned next week as we learn reasons community involvement is fundamental to child abuse prevention.